What's up, coaches? Welcome to Keep Your Pads Down, the podcast for the men in the trenches. And mama, we made it because this is episode 100. That's right. After just over two years, we've now arrived at our 100th episode. And I want to begin by thanking each and every one of you who tune in each week and give us a listen. We have a growing audience of coaches from across the country, and I am humbled by the response we've gotten uh, over the past couple of years and appreciate everyone's support. I, I, of course, want to thank all of our guests that come on each week. I mean, look, the guests, they make the show, and, and we have had some outstanding ones along the way. So thank you to those guys who have been a part of our show here and shared their wisdom and knowledge of the game of football and life with, with all of us. Finally, I, I want to thank my wife, who has been unbelievably supportive of me in launching this podcast and keeping it going. She is the perfect coach's wife, and I am so thankful for her. Okay, so we got some cool things going on to celebrate our 100th episode this week. Namely, uh, that is with our merchandise. You guys, you may not know this, but we have a merchandise store with some great-looking T-shirts and different styles and a bunch of different colors, and all of our stuff is on sale this week. So if you haven't gone and grabbed you a KYPD t-shirt, this is the week to do it. Simply click on the link on our Twitter profile or in the show notes of today's episode, and that will take you to our merch store. And once you're in there, enter the promo code KYPD100. That's KYPD100 to get 20% off your order. And that's good for all of this week. And that deal will end Sunday, April 11th. So go now, pick up a KYPD t-shirt, long sleeve shirt, a short sleeve tank top for you guys wanting to flex out on the beach this summer. And enter the code KYPD100 for 20% off your order. That's KYPD100 for 20% off your order. Now, there are a couple ways for you to win a free T-shirt this week. First, tweet at us and let us know your favorite KYPD episode of all time for a chance to win a free shirt. Also, you can give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. And you'll also be entered in for a chance to win a T-shirt as well. We'll close that down at the end of the week and announce the winners this weekend. So once again, two ways you can enter for a chance to win a free KYPD t-shirt. First of all, tweet at us and let us know what your favorite KYPD episode is of all time. And, or you can leave us a five-star rating and a detailed review. We appreciate those. That really helps spread the word about our podcast here and you enter in for a chance to win a t-shirt. Uh, now, before we dive into today's special episode, I do want to tell you about our two sponsors for season three of our podcast here. First up, we are proud to be sponsored this season by Go Edit Graphics. I don't know if y'all have noticed, but you know, being able to create graphics to promote your school, your athletic programs, and even yourself on social media and within your community has become the expectation in a lot of places. And, and maybe you have no idea about how to go about doing that. Well, you are in luck. Go Edit Graphics has you covered. Now, what Go Edit Graphics does is allow any coach to create custom graphics in minutes by changing the colors, text, and images to make it their own. They offer categories like game day, scoring, player profiles, and communication, to name a few. You need a Twitter banner for your profile? They got templates for that. You want to build a recruiting graphic for your athletes? They have a template for that. The platform is easy, it's affordable, and no design skills are needed. So if you're looking for a way to promote the awesome things going on in your athletic program, then the team at Go Edit Graphics has got you covered. Subscriptions are for 12 months, and include unlimited graphics. Now, here's something else that's cool. Mention keep your pads down and receive $25 off your showcase yearly package. Go check them out on Twitter at GoEditGraphics or visit their website through the link in today's show notes to see examples of the awesome graphics coaches have already created. You can also check out our Twitter feed for examples as many of our show's graphics were created using GoEdit as well. Showcase your athletes with custom graphics in less than two minutes with GoEdit Graphics. 
Next up, we are also proud to be partnering with Our Coaching Network for season three of KYPD. Our Coaching Network is a new football coaching platform connecting coaches from all levels and helping them get better every week. Our Coaching Network has live clinics Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights. I'll have 150 plus hours of high quality live coaching clinics this year with each week's clinics added to a library that can be referred back to at any time in the future. For instance, we just put on a defensive line clinic back on March 27th with those guys. That entire five-hour clinic is available to all members of our coaching network for them to access anytime they want. Now, this week on our coaching network, they have clinics Monday through Thursday night. And if you're a D-line coach, there are actually two different defensive line coaches presenting this week. First up, Tuesday night will feature Midwestern State defensive line coach Randy Wilkins, and that's at 7 p.m. Central. Then on Thursday night, University of Texas Permian Basin co-defensive coordinator and D-line coach Chris Minio, a former KYPD guest, will be talking on defending the run out of the 425, and that will be at 7 p.m. Central as well. So get on over to Our Coaching Network, create your account for just 50 cents a day, and begin learning and connecting with coaches from all over the country. All right, so for our 100th episode today, I wanted to bring back some of our show's previous guests to have a roundtable discussion of sorts. And, and all these guys were guests really very early on in this podcast. So I wanted to bring them back on and, and highlight them again because it's like I told them when we recorded this thing. It's like when you like this girl in middle school and you go up and you try to talk to her and, and you're really, really awkward. Well, uh, and then you, you kind of you get some experience on your belt and, and, and you're in high school and now you got a car and your pimples are gone and you got a letterman jacket on and now you got a lot more confidence. So you can go, go up and talk to her. That, that's kind of how I felt like with these guys. And maybe that's a really weird analogy and maybe I lost half of you. But anyway, I wanted to get these guys back on, give them a chance to shine because maybe I didn't do a great job uh, of doing that early on in this podcast's infancy. Uh, but anyway, and I don't know how well I did that today, but uh, I think it was a great episode. I'm really glad that these guys uh, stopped by and, and, and talked with us today. All right, and so as for our guests, let me, let me introduce you to these guys. First up, first up, we have Coach Braden Cober, uh, currently the defensive coordinator at Dell Valley High School uh, there in the Austin area. Coach Cobra was my first episode ever, so I really appreciate him because, you know, he took a risk. I said, hey, do you want to be on this podcast? I don't even have any, a, a podcast yet, but I want to do one. Would you be my first guest? And he was very gracious to, uh, to, to uh, sign up to that and did a great job. So next up, we have Harding University defensive line coach Trayvon Biglow, who is featured on episode number six of KYPD. He is an outstanding young coach that I really, really respect and admire. Uh, we also have Galena Park North Shore defensive line coach Sean Wynn, who came on the podcast back on episode number nine, and, and he's still one of my favorite interviews. He's so engaging and funny, and, and I'm so glad Coach could join us today. Next up, we have a very good friend of mine and Coach Jeremy Hickman, who was just named this last week uh, the assistant head coach and defensive coordinator at New Braunfels Canyon High School there in New Braunfels, Texas. Coach Hickman is from episode number 20 of our podcast, which up until about a month and a half ago was our most downloaded episode of all time. So it's a really good one. Uh, he and I actually recorded that one before I left uh, Kerrville Tyvee High School, where he and I worked together for six years. And so that's a really good episode to check out. Finally, I'm excited to be joined by Waco Midway High School defensive coordinator, Coach Aaron Now. Coach Now has been at some great places and has a ton of knowledge about defensive line play. And I'm thrilled that he was able to join us today. So today, these five coaches and I discuss uh, things like the best advice they've ever received from a coaching mentor, uh, what they look for when hiring a coach, what is it that makes successful programs so successful, how to build meaningful, engaging relationships with all of their players, and then we even take some time to 
share some sub-varsity coaching stories, pranks in the coach's office, and more. So a ton of great stuff in this one, so let's get to it. Here's episode number 100 of Keep Your Pads Down. Well, gentlemen, welcome back. So glad you guys were able to join me tonight. I got to say, I'm really looking forward to this one. This is our hundredth episode of the podcast, and to celebrate, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm that guy. I'm throwing myself a party, and you guys are the guests. So uh, let's let's get started with you guys introducing yourselves, and and we'll do this. We'll go in order from when your episodes were released, starting with the earliest, which is you, Coach Cobra. I mentioned uh, kind of before we, we we hit record here that. I feel like I owe you an apology because you were the first actual episode that I recorded and I was really, really bad at it. And it, and it didn't sound, I have to say, it didn't sound great on my end as, as, as being very gracious, but glad we could get you back on for this one. Absolutely. Uh, like you said, my name is Braden Cobra. I'm, I'm finishing up my 19th year coaching. I'm currently the assistant head coach and defensive coordinator at Dove Valley High School just outside of Austin, Texas. Great. And then we got uh, my man, Coach Big, Trayvon Biglow. Uh, from episode number six, Coach Big, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, uh, Coach Trayvon Biglow from Harding University, um, coming up on my third year coaching. Very blessed to be coaching my alma mater. Go Bisons. All right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Coach Big and I are uh, share the same alma mater, so uh, he's always got, a, got a, a spot in my heart. All right. Next up, my man from the east side of Houston, Coach Wynn. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Coach Wynn. Hey guys, doing uh yes, my name's Sean Wynn. I'm uh, coaching the North Shore, and this is my 18th year of coaching. And I said that number 18, it kind of caught me off guard. I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm one of the I'm one of the old guys now. Yeah, yeah. it's my 18th year. Uh, I'm the defensive line coach at North Shore High School. All right, great. And Coach Wynn, it was episode number nine. So see, these are all some old school throwbacks right here. Not not coaches, but old school throwback episodes from from uh from the beginning of this thing. Next up. Uh, is my man, uh, one of my, my closest friends and, and uh, a guy that I've really um, looked up to in, in this coaching profession. I worked with him for six years uh, there in Kerrville, in Kerrville, Tyvee, and that's uh, Coach Jeremy Hickman. Coach Hickman, go ahead. Yes, sir. I appreciate you putting on this. 100 episodes awesome. And I have to say, all of these guys did a great job on their episode. I've listened to almost every one. So you guys had some great information. Everybody brought some, some fire when it was time to, to listen to you guys. Um, just like, like coach Taylor said, uh, he and I work together. This is, I'm finishing up my 17th season as a high school coach. The last nine years as the assistant head football coach, defensive coordinator at Kerrville Tivy. And I just accepted a new position as the assistant head coach, defensive coordinator at Canyon high school in Comile ISD in New Braunfels, Texas. So I'll be working with coach Travis Bush up there here in the next few weeks. So new adventure for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really excited uh, about that for you, uh, Jeremy. I know uh, I know you're looking forward to it. I know you're going to do a great job over there. All right, next up, we got Coach Aaron now. Coach now, go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, you know, hey, Coach, thanks for, for having me on again and, and letting me be a part of this 100 uh, episode. My name is Aaron now. This is year 15 for me. Uh, I'm the defensive coordinator at Waco Midway High School. All right, well, guys, sort of the um, – the, the way that we're going to do this tonight is, is I don't want this to sound like an interview, but more like a, 
just some coaches, six coaches sitting around the coach's office and having a conversation. So that's what we're going to do tonight. And I'm going to throw you a couple of questions and we're just going to, we're basically, we're going to sit around and solve the, the world's problems tonight uh, over the next hour or so. What do you, what, what do you say? Sounds like a plan. Get it on, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Well, I'm going to ask this, this first question uh, is for, for, for coach Cober uh, and coach Hickman. So coach Kerber, we'll let you have the first crack at it. Looking back now, you've been 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 coaching for a while. What's the best coaching advice you've ever received from a coaching mentor of yours? Well, I had to learn this the hard way. Um, and, and the advice that the coach gave me was be honest with the parents and don't beat around the bush or anything like that. And, and, and that came up. It was probably my first year, second year as a varsity coach. And at the time, we make we would make weekly phone calls home and communicate with parents and I was talking with the parent and told him his son was doing great and this and that. And well, the next couple of games, he didn't step on the field. And I got a phone call back and said, well, you told me my son was doing great and doing this. Well, he's doing great, but the guy in front of him is doing better. <laughs> so the thing about it is, you know, don't, don't beat around the bush. And, and, and that was, I still do that to this day. I mean, I, if parents come in, I'm, I'm brutally honest with those parents and just say, look, so-and-so is better or your son got to do this to get better. This is why he's not stepping on the field. So that's just, that was a piece of advice that has stuck with me and, and, and helped me along the way. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to do this a lot tonight because you guys are going to say stuff that's either going to remind me from of your episode or another episode. And, and it was uh, coach Ruffin McNeil that we had on uh, last spring. He said, he said, go, I'm not a fair coach. I am not fair. I do not treat, he goes, I don't believe in fair. Life ain't fair. He goes, but I am honest with you. And, and so I thought that was really, really good. And that's kind of along the lines of just, just being honest and upfront. I think that's a, that's a, a, a great lesson to learn. Okay. Uh, Coach Hickman, what you got best coaching advice you got from a mentor of yours? I've got two of them that, you know, I kind of thought about this a little bit, but from uh, coach David Jones here that we both work for that relationships matter to truly, to really like put an effort to work towards building relationships with each and every kid in your program. Not just the kids you coach, which that's what you start off with, but but learn to 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 you know connect with all those kids, and it's amazing uh, so it's the influence you can have uh, when you make those connections, and the kids genuinely think and feel like you care for them. You can get them to do some awesome things. Uh, and uh, and when I GA'd my first year, I, when we were in meetings, Coach Kelly uh, was our defensive line coach at Western New Mexico, and he told me, and it just stuck to me. He said. Coach them how you want to play. Coach them how you want them to play. And so, you know, that, that just stuck with me all the time. And so that's why I coach my kids so hard. I just don't think you coach soft and they're going to play hard. I think you coach them hard and your kids play hard for you. So th those are the two things that really stuck out to me that when I, when I put my mind to it and, think, and thought back to those lessons with, with the guys that I've been around and, and learned from. Yeah, and I can I – can, uh vouch for you that that you do a great job at both of those of building relationships with kids and and coaching them hard and I know those guys always play hard for you uh any other other guys want to chime in with with coaching advice that that, that that you got maybe as a younger coach from someone you looked up to oh yeah I got I know I have one I, I thought about it too and uh I remember as a young coach you know we all kind of had those ambitions we want to be a coordinator and I never get out riding in the truck with Coach K and I was asking, I said, man, what, what do I need to be able to be a coordinator? And I remember he gave me this one advice and it stuck to me. He said, man, you can't look down the road. 
you got to make sure that you're being the best defensive line coach that you can be. And once you start matching that, then all that other stuff will come. He said, don't start looking, you know, you know, you get excited and get antsy. And it's, you know, just take your time, get toes down where you're at right now, just be the best that you have right now. And I remember that that statement, you know, it really stuck with me. Because the better you are, if you're still looking for your next move and not mashing your craft, and you know, you're actually kind of cheating your kids, you know, so you're not giving them all that you can give them. So that was one of the days that just really stuck with me throughout my career, just, you know, be the best defensive line coach you can be or whatever it might be. Then once you match that craft, then you kind of start with yeah, absolutely, Coach. That's 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 great advice. Uh, bloom where you're planted. That's what my grandma always says. So, uh, I think uh, I I never never really thought about that as as, as coaching advice, but I guess I guess that's kind of saying the same thing. Is um, you know do that, do the best job you can do where you are, and all that other stuff take care of itself. Well, next question, and this one is for um, actually Coach Win and 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 Coach Now and Coach Bigelow. Uh, you know, every one of you guys have been part of successful programs, Coach Win. You got you're at North Shore, and we were talking about before we hit record here how you guys lost in the uh, the semifinals to Westlake, and that was a little bit of a down year, you know, in your your eyes. I mean, you you won back to back championships before that, um, and and have won state championships before that, uh, and then and then coach, now you've been uh, I know you've been at Cedar Hill. You, you are currently at uh, at Waco Midway, which is another great Central Texas school. Coach Bigelow, uh, you, you're there at Harding, and and you guys have. Really come, you know, to to be a to want to be to be one of the premier programs in all of Division Two or last few years. So, uh, Coach Bigel, we'll start with you. What uh, what is it that that's helped your program be so successful besides just having great athletes? Yeah, and uh, my answer to that is, you know, it being all about the players. Um, you know, we're I'm fortunate enough to be able to shop for my own groceries. Um, although I hear, I kind of hear in Texas a little bit that that some schools are. Are, are trying to get away with that as much as they can. But, uh, you know, um, and so what that means for us is that, um, you know, we need to make sure we're bringing in young men that embody our culture, our values, and who we say we are. Um, you know, as, as a young coach, I learned early on, the most important thing about recruiting is doing homework, uh, making sure that you're bringing in young men um, that, that fit what we say we're about. And so it starts there. Um, once you do that, when you have those young men a part of your position group, uh, then it's all about figuring out the best way to cultivate the players. Um, you know what what you know what causes this young man to tick. Um, hopefully, you answer some of those questions while you're recruiting them. But uh, you know what causes him to tick. How do you motivate him? Uh, what does he need to work on? Are you airing that out to him? You know, um, I, I love what what uh, coach. Coach uh, Cobra said earlier, you know, uh, when he talked about being brutally honest um, with the players and with the parents, you know, it's and for my guys, for them to know exactly what they need to work on, what they need to improve on, uh, on the field, off the field, in the classroom, um, and, and, and giving them that space to feel that uh, they can grow here, that they can develop, um, and paying attention to your guys, you know. Um, and, and so I think all that together, uh, is what makes us so great is that it's it's always been about the players. Uh, that's why us as coaches all played here at Harding because of how uh, we were coached and how we were mentored when we were players here. And um, and I believe right now that our players are the reason um, outside of us of why we have so much success year in and year out. 
Uh, Coach, now what would you say uh, as, as, far, as far as, you know, what makes the programs that you've been around so successful? What separates them from, from other schools or programs that maybe not, not, may not be quite as successful? You know, uh, some of the places I've been, like Cedar Hill, Martin, uh, where I am currently, we have, we, we're fortunate we have great athletes uh, on both sides of the ball, you know. Uh, especially during my time at Cedar Hill, we had numerous tremendous athletes and, and our kids were great. And, and same way at Martin here at Midway is, is, you know, they have the character that allows you to coach them hard and, and they, they understand, um, you know, that, Hey, you're coaching them hard. And yes, we all want to win on Friday night, but, but, you know, the ultimate message we're getting, we're trying to preach is just win, not necessarily Friday night, win everything, win life. You know what I mean? Classroom, it, being a son, being a, a, a future husband, you know, potentially a future father. Uh, and that, that message that we're trying to portray to them and, and by doing that and coaching hard and, and they can, they can see the big picture and, and take that coaching because not all kids, you can't coach all kids as, as hard as you can, you know, player A, B and C, but you know, coach them hard. And the, the second thing, and it's probably never been as true as it was, uh, that staff there at Cedar Hill in 2012, 13, 14, it, it's the guys in the room, the, the men in that room. And we're still insanely tight to this day. Like, I mean, there, there are guys in, in that room that, that I will be boys with for forever. I mean, it's like, there's guys I don't even introduce as my friend. This is my brother. I mean, it, it, it was that tight. You know, we, we always talked about there, protect the family. And, and, and you know, every, I think a lot of places want to preach the, hey, we're a family, we're a family, we're a family. Uh, we took it to another level there. And it was because the, the men in the room, and it started at the top. And it, it trickled to us, and then it trickled to players and, and coaches and, and vice versa. And um, the, it, it's special when it happens. You know, a lot of people look at it from far and go, well, they, they got great athletes. Well, man, we're thick as thieves too in that room. Like, I mean, for life, it, it's not just, hey, yeah, this is my coworker, this is my buddy. No, that's my brother. And, and I mean, that, that's it's real, true love, and, and and men building on each other and and holding each other accountable, just like you're going to hold those kids accountable. And if you can't if you can't do that and walk in the office and, and hold each other accountable, then you know at some point that weakness is going to find itself on, on the field. Absolutely. I mean, I, coach, you're right. And, and I think, um, you know, when you are able to build that cohesion with the staff, uh, that you can really do some special things. We've all been a part of those kind of staffs. And again, and, and I'll reference Jeremy a lot on this, this, this episode, but he and I were, have been a part of some great staffs together and, and consequently you're able to do some great things when you're all pulling in the same direction. Uh, coach, Wim, what do you have to say about that? You know, what, what, uh, has, has separated, um, you know, a program like North Shore to allow it be, to be so successful? I mean, it, we preach a lot at North Shore, really two things. We preach just becoming one to know, and, and, and that's just winning the day. Make sure you're doing everything. Take care of all your business you need to do to win the game, whether that's going to class, getting grades, you know, tutorials, getting to practice on time, just making sure you got all your ducks in a row for that day so you can win that day. But one of the biggest thing I think Coach K came up with back in 2015, won the first state championship, was he came up with a slogan called Team Over Me. And there was absolutely no person, no one person bigger than the team. So everything that you do, 
throughout your day is going to affect your team in a negative or positive way. So we just got to make sure that we continue to get those guys to understand it. Everything you do needs to make sure that you're doing something that's going to help your team be productive and win. And we do a great job job of that, you know, in the offseason, you know, when just, just going through boot camp, just making sure everybody's on the same page, everybody's synced up, and just helping those guys understand that nobody's bigger than this team. Everybody's expanding. Like Coach K said all the time, they can fire me today and bring another head coach in here and be coach at North Shore. So we got to make sure that we're all got that one heartbeat, one, you know, and everybody's on the same page every day because, I mean, they, you know, I mean, we've seen the state championship game. I mean, you know, you know, you, you send your start running back home because he's not taking care of his business. And, you know, that right there just speaks, you know, volume, you know, what that North Shore program is truly about. No one person bigger than the team, you know, and, and just hopefully those, you know, and I know they will those life lessons regardless of, you know, where those kids go, that'll stick with them and help them understand and, and that everybody's expendable. And, and if you're a part of the team, you got to truly be a part of that team, whether it's, you know, in a relationship with your wife, your, your kids, you got to be all the way bought into that team. You can't have yourself home. So I think that's one of the things that we do real good at North Shore, just getting the kids to understand that, you know, we're a part of this, everybody, and nobody, no one man is bigger than yeah, coach, you, you, you know, you referenced that, that uh, when you sent the kid home uh, the night before the state championship game. And that was, uh, that was, that was almost, to me, it felt like national news. It was definitely statewide, statewide news. And, and uh, you know, I, I, um, I know that was not an easy decision, but uh, one that, that you guys felt like you needed to make. And, and, uh, um, and so I think that's a great point there. Any of the other guys have, 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 have things you want to say about that? We've all, you all, all of you have been a part of great programs, winning programs. What's, what's made the, the, the difference uh, in, in, in those programs being successful? Well, kind of piggybacking off what's already been said. I know for several years, we, and when I was in Copper's Cove, we had some good runs from quarterfinals, semifinals, state champion, state championship. And I believe within those years, we didn't have any turnover on staff, you know, and there was a great continuity, like like y'all been saying. And I think that just go that 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 allows those those kids to see something that's a, a good foundation for what they can learn, and and build off of that. But um, same thing when I was in Huntsville, we we had some good runs there and very very little turnover on staff. And if there was, it was usually sub varsity or freshman staff that that was moving because the varsity the varsity staff understood what was going on and continue to keep building on what was already there. I kind of agree with every one of y'all. Y'all all hit the same kind of point from different angles. The special teams are a team and that's it. The, 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 from the coaching staff to the kids, it's complete buy-in. You know, there's unity, there's a vision. And I think everybody's fighting for that vision each day. And, and it's up to, to, head coach to kind of spread that vision and then us as coaches staffs to buy in, spread it along our staffs and then make sure the, the, the kids are there. And when you get that buy-in, uh, special things can happen. I mean, it's just, it's just important. And, and it is a brotherhood and it means something when you're in there with those dudes that you like. And you're, I mean, there's a lot of hours that we spend. We got to, if you, if you like, and you're on those good staffs, man, there's just some special things that can happen. And uh, that goes for the team as well. And, 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 Every program I've been a part of that's been really well, it's been very team-oriented, very we, 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 not any me, 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 just kind of like uh, 
Coach Wynn said, it's just, you know, it's just complete buy-in, top to bottom, everybody rolling in the same direction, holding their, their part of the rope and, and just fighting for that, that vision and that, that goal that you have as a program. I, I, all of you guys, I mean, you're exactly right. And I think it starts with, you know, at, at the top with, with the head coach, athletic director, and, and even the superintendent, the administration, everybody, you know, setting the standard for what it's going to be and making sure everybody knows what that is. And, and then, you know, communicating that with your, with your coaches. And like you said, Coach Wynn, holding them accountable, or maybe it was Coach Now, holding them, account, them, them accountable to that. And now I know what's expected of me as an assistant coach. So now I can just go coach defensive line, or I can just go coach linebackers, or I can just go coach the secondary, whatever it is. I'm freed up to just go coach because we're all, you know, operating under the same guidelines and we're standing on the same foundation. And now we can really go get something accomplished. All right, well, we're going to move on. Uh, and, and, and to our next question here. And uh, this next question is for, for Coach, uh, again, Coach Now, Coach Cobra, and Coach Wynn. Uh, when hiring a coach, what are the most important attribute, attributes you are seeking out in a potential hire? Coach Wynn, we'll start with you. You've been a head coach before. Talk okay. about what, 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 what you're looking for when you get ready to hire a new coach. You know, just coming from North Shore and going to a place like Sam Raven, you know, one of the most, the first question I want to ask people is just from the tradition of being, you know, knowing what Raven is, why do you want to coach here? You know, because a lot of times guys come from different programs and they're used to different things, ran a different way, different budgets, different stadiums, different practice facilities. Why do you want to come here and coach a Sam Raven? And the one thing that I really wanted to hear guys say was, I'm here for the kids, you know, because that was one of the biggest deals why, you know, I really enjoyed coaching over there. Wasn't a whole lot of winning going on, but at the same time, to be able to see kids, you know, who wasn't thinking, even thinking about going to college. And then you get there and you get a bunch of guys that are pressing and pushing and hitting them with that same message about, you know, whether it's playing football or not, just going to college and, be, and, and bettering your family. So that was one of the biggest deals I want to know is, are you in it, truly in it for the kids or are you in it for yourself? You know, because not talking about nobody, but, you know, I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. You've got those guys that are self-guys that kind of in it for themselves and, you know, want to talk about this and that. But I just want to know if a guy is truly in it for the kids and making sure that they're trying to change those kids' life and make it, and, and help them get to their place where they need to be. And then the next thing, I just want to make sure if I'm – and it's kind of hard to do it in the interview, but you want to make sure you get a, surround yourself with guys, you know, that are loyal to you because – you know, being a head coach is already hard enough because you're dealing with so much other things. You don't have to worry about guys on your staff, you know, you know, talking about behind your back or talking about the program behind your back or we're trying to relate to the kids a different message than what you're relating. So I think that's two things that, that are extremely important. You know, in my opinion, when you're talking about hiring coaches, one, they're in it for the kids, and just two, you know, are they going to be loyal to the program? So those are two big things that I really, you know, was looking for when I was trying Great answer, great coach. Now, what, what what do you got as far as what things for uh, when hiring a coach? All right, this, this is going to sound a little crazy, but stick with me, right? Uh, I I think for me, it, it like you when you see a coach, it, it's like pornography, right? You know it when you see it, and you know when a dude has it, and it may not be, you know, it might be a guy you see at the clinic, or it's a guy you're interviewing with, and, and you can you can tell if he has that presence of, okay, 
you know, he's, he's going to be able to command his position group, right? Uh, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be able to, to sit in the room and, and voice his opinion. And his opinion might not be the one that, you know, everybody sides with and says, Hey, yeah, that, you know, that's, that's best for plan A or plan B or whatever the case, um, you know, it, it's gotta be somebody that, you know, is truly their heart is truly on fire for, for kids and, and all kids and, and not just football guys, you know, whatever your second sport is, you need to be handling that just like it's Friday night, because for those kids in that second sport, it is their Friday night. And, and, you know, don't go, you know, don't go into it going, well, yeah, you know, I can do this or I can do that. What do you, what do you want to do? Like, you know, be up, be upfront about that and be intentional in what you're doing. And, um, you know, kind of touching on, on the, the first topic you asked me about, they, they got to fit in the room, you know, in, in some rooms are easier to fit in than others. And, um, you know, it, it's got to be kind of a three prong fit. And, um, you know, I, I, most of the time, I think, I think after you've been doing this a while that you can kind of notice that pretty quick and, and just, you know, hear somebody talk, you know, just, and not even really, I'm not talking, get, you know, put a guy on the whiteboard first 30 seconds of his interview and start, you know, seeing what kind of clinic talk he can throw out at you. Can he coach? Like, can he coach life? Not just the, the ball part will come. You know, can can he get the total message of, of of what we're trying to do for kids? Yeah, coach, that's great stuff. And I'm not gonna lie, I got a little nervous when you started off with pornography. I thought we were gonna have to kick you off this thing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I've been. But hey, but you, but you, but you pulled the nose of the plane up, and you made a great point about it. And I think all of us know what you're talking about when you say, like, you know, talk about a coach having a presence and having some snap. Um, and being able to command a room and, 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 and you, we've all been around that coach um, and those types of coaches and, and want to hire those guys. And on the other, the other side of the coin, I've been around those guys who, who aren't that. And, um, you know, the thing is, is, is if we can pick up on it, the kids sure can pick up on it. Cause they're, they got, they got better. They're better at, at, at sniffing out you know, guys who are not genuine, who are, who are not in it all the way that they're better a lot of times than, than we are. Uh, who else was I was asking that question for? It was uh, oh, Coach Cobra. What 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 are you looking for when when you're hiring a coach? And obviously, you guys can chime in here uh, when he's done. I really like what Coach Wayne said about the loyalty, and I kind of got a follow up question for you, Coach Wayne, after I answer this. Um, but one thing I'm looking for in coaches, for me personally, and and you know, as a as a coach, and and you've been in this business long enough that when you when you get hired on, you have that little clause in your contract that says additional duties as assigned. So what I'm looking for in a coach is someone to be proactive, someone I don't have to look over their shoulder. Are you getting your stuff done? Whatever it is, you know, if it's the laundry, if it's whatever it is, if you're in charge of rosters, do I, I don't want to be looking for you. I got I want to be able to trust you, give you whatever duties you have and you be able to handle those. Now, obviously, you know, you, if you get a young coach in, at a, at a higher position and, and you've got to mentor them along a little bit. I have no problem with that. But once, once the standards have been set, okay, that you're in charge of this, whatever it is, I want, I want that coach to be proactive and be able to um, take care of their duties on their own without um, lagging behind. But coach, when I, I like what you said about loyalty and, you know, when, when I, when I heard you talk about that, I was wondering, how do you figure that out? Cause when you, when you, 
you're interviewing someone and if you ask the question, are you going to be loyal? What's anybody going to say? You know, they're not going to say, well, coach, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if I'm going to be loyal to you, but so how do you try to figure that out in, in the interview process? First of all, I just try to look at like, you know, just look at their resume and see like, are they bouncing from school to school to school to school to school? And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. You know, that's some guy's deal. Like, you know, if you get a guy and you see he's been here five years, six years, then he moves around, then he's gender, gender, most of the time, he's going to be that guy for you. He's going to be that loyal guy for you. Or he's not just every time the job board pops up, he's trying to hop and get another job. So, you know, that's one of the biggest things I try to look at. Or just on that resume, it's just, you know, things, it's, you know, you know, just like I say, just things, that, just his years at places, if he's been there for a long time, or is he just hopping around? And then kind of like you said, though, what, that's another big deal was, you know, when I first got that Raven job, you know, for the first couple of days, I just walked in the weight room, and I really didn't say anything to anybody, you know, they were, I just wanted to see how those guys worked, you know, and you'd be surprised, because you would think, you know, some guys even put on a dog and pony show for you. Because you're the new head coach and they're sitting up there like, okay, the new guy's here. Let me go in here and, and at least act like I'm working. It was some guys who even had their arms folded, was in jeans, and I was just like, I couldn't believe it. But then, you know, you had a guy who – it was one guy kept like, – I mean, he was working his tail off, you know, not knowing if he had a job or not because I was able to bring five guys in. And like, some, like we were talking about earlier, I was up front with him. I said, hey, I'm bringing five guys in. Five, I'm gonna have to let five got five of you guys go. And I mean, you know, not knowing he had a job, I mean, he was just, you could just tell he had that same pace regardless of who was there. So, you know, I mean, it's just kind of little things. You just gotta just gotta even just sit back and just watch people work and just, you know, see how they work. And I'm not saying it's gonna, you know, mean it's gonna be loyal to you or not, but you know, that's just kind of some things if, if it's in your character, you're gonna be. Man, coach, that's great stuff right there. Uh, anybody else have any any input on that? You know, I have not hired anyone, um, uh, but I, but I did have a question to to the coaches that have um, whether you answered it or not. Um, what does that number look like to you guys? And I, it might be different for all of you, but um, you know, what is what is what is that number? You know, in terms of well, a guy's coached at fourteen high schools, or a guy's coached at three high schools. You know, what what is what is an uncomfortable? You know, I, I don't know if if this guy's gonna gonna stick out, as, as the, there probably are, are going to be more factors than that. But um, you know, how do you, I, I love to hear from at least a couple of you in terms of what that kind of looks like. I, one interesting interesting thing I heard from one coach as I was recruiting, I called a coach and and um, what I assumed was every head coach wants guys that are going to stay, right? But then he goes, actually. In my staff, I would love to have a bunch of guys who are starving to death to be a head coach soon. Because he said, what he told me was, most of the time, those guys go over and above with their job duties. And again, this is this is coming from someone that has no experience at all when it comes to hiring or, or really even getting hired. So uh, what does that look like to you all? Um, I, I, what, what the guy said was awesome. I, I want to hire guys who are inspired or... or, or trying to be a coordinator. I want that same thing. And, and guys who are aspiring to, uh, you know, aspiring to be a head coach, I, I do want that too. But if I'm looking at resumes, like for instance, we hired Coach Taylor, we had a hundred and some resumes. And, and if I'm looking through those resumes and I see one year he's at a place, one or two years, then he's at another place, at another place. 
you know, it gets to be, you know, six years and you're at three to four different places. Uh, that to me is, is, is a turnoff. And, and, and that guy may be a great coach, but there's something that's not sticking with people. Like, is it him or is it where he's at? So you start to wonder about that. Uh, now, there's some guys who, who are, uh, we've had on resumes that they are there those six to eight years and have moved three or four times, but every move up has, every move has been a, a promotion as he's chasing uh, uh, his, his, his next job. It could be bigger schools or whatever. Uh, but a lot of that, you know, you just have to comb through and get a feel for it and, and touch base with your references and, and people you don't know or people that are not necessarily on the reference, but you can see the tree they're from. Uh, call down those lines and, and get a feel for those guys. I just know uh, I, I want to hire guys who are aspiring to be a coordinator or a head coach myself. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to be here a long time, but they're, they're, they're going to try to see a bigger picture and work as hard as they can to learn everything that, that, that they can. So that's just, you know, I, I'm with you there. That's good. I agree. If they're, if, you know, if, if they're not aspiring to be at least a coordinator, then, you know, I'm probably moving on to the next, to the next guy, you know, and cause I want somebody that, you know, okay. So, you know, you say you hire guy X, right. And he's going to go run your, your JVA on Thursday nights. Well, I don't want him cookie cutter calling it. Like I, I want to see your, your bit. I want to see what, how, how you see the game and, and learn from you and, and come, you know, be able to come back, on Friday morning, go, Hey, in this situation, you called this, you know, what, what brought you to that? Like, and not in the, not in the sense that I'm calling him out of why, Hey, why'd you do that? I'm, I'm intrigued why, you know, why you like that there versus, you know, A, B or C. And, uh, you know, I, I think by, by getting guys that, that want to be coordinators, want to be head coaches that, that you get that kind of, that kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, I, Again, hey, Coach Bigelow, this is coming from a guy that's never hired somebody to a guy that's never hired somebody. But I kind of uh, would, would pick, picture it or, or think of it as like maybe you're looking at a car on the lot and it's got a bunch of miles on it. And that's not necessarily a, a deal breaker, right? I mean, okay, you're looking for a, looking for a vehicle. Let's see, are, are they highway miles? Are they in-town miles? Like what's, what's the deal behind, what's the story behind those miles? Like what Chicklin was saying, if it's a, a guy who's just moved on to take a job, take a promotion, and that's one thing. But if it's a guy who's always, you know, hopping around and like Coach Wynn said, every time the, you know, he's on his lunch break every day looking at the job board and sending out resumes, and he becomes a professional interviewer, that's when things get a little bit, um, get a little bit, you know, there's some red flags for sure. And again, that's that's from someone who's who's hired no one, but. Um, you know, it's like everybody's an expert at parenting when they don't have kids. But anyway, uh, anybody yeah, else on that question? You know, I, kind of, I kind of just piggyback on what Coach Hickman was talking about. It's like if you see those one, two-year moves, and it's kind of like lateral moves, then it's kind of strange. But if you see is okay, he was position coach, coordinator, coordinator, head coach, maybe whatever. As long as those are progressive moves, then, yeah, I get it. But if you're just hopping around from, from school to school, it's like lateral moves. Like I say, it's probably, and you, it's almost like you can tell, like you can read a guy and almost be like, dude, it's not the school, it's you. <laughs> you know, it's a reason why you're not <laughs> hopping around because that good, somebody's going to try to hold on to you. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? So, yeah, so it's those lateral moves of what kind of throw those red flags. 
and I'll tell you, I agree with, with Coach Noel. I'll know within five minutes if I'm going to hire a guy. I'm going to know right away. And you can tell if they have a presence about themselves, and you can tell if they're a coach, if they're going to be able to fit in with what you have. And, and kind of, you know, something I'm always looking for, I want some snap and some confidence and be able to present himself and because he's going to have to be in front of kids and, and present that stuff, uh, the information, whatever we're trying to coach. But I also want somebody who talks about like team-oriented. So, you know, in those interviews, the questions that aren't like his answers are more us, us, and this is what we could do versus me, me, me. Uh, you can know all the football in the world, but if you're there sitting there for yourself, that's not going to do us any good. And and kind of to to go back to uh, Coach Coach Wins uh, talking about loyalty in those interviews. You know, some questions come about if 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 I'm interviewing somebody and they say something bad about our previous coordinator or previous employer, right then I know that dude ain't loyal, and that guy that's not going to be somebody. That's just another characteristic that pops up. And I just say I'm not saying the guy is a bad guy. I'm just saying in this profession, all we have is each other. And no matter what, you know, you go to another place, thank goodness that those people had hired you and you got to be great, you know, leave gracefully and, and be grateful for those opportunities. And so those are some things that kind of back to, to, to answer coach Cobra's question about that. And those, in those interviews, those questions come up and, and if something's ever said bad, I don't know right then this guy uh, is probably not going to be loyal to us one way or another. At yeah. some point in time. Yeah, so as you put it's gaps in those resumes, too. Yeah. I just thought about that. You got a guy coaching and he sits out for like three or four years and he starts selling cars and he jump back into it. You know, it's kind of one of those things you want to figure out, like, hey, what, what, what did you do for that time period? And why did you get out of coaching? Because I'm going to be honest, I, I, I got my master's, but I didn't get it to be a principal. <laughs> you know, I wanna, I'm coaching. That's what I want to do. I want to coach football. Period, you know, hands down. So that and, you know, something else you got to look at. And I just thought about this too. You know, I had a guy, I interviewed him and got him down. He did a real good job on the interview, but he was like, don't call my, my his, his, the last place that he worked, the guy at the head coach went on one of his references. So it's like, now I feel like you're trying to hide something because you would think you would put all your head coaches as, you would list all your head coaches as references. So if you tell me, you don't have your your last guy that you work for on your reference, and you really don't want to call him. That's a red flag. I mean, you did something, you know, that you you did your eye. So those are some more things I just thought about. You yeah, know, you want to yeah. Kind of look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and when we're when this when this episode posts next week, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this I'm gonna throw some of these these questions out on Twitter and let let guys kind of uh, chime in as well. And so y'all have a chance to read those comments and and. Uh, you know, hopefully not getting any uh, Twitter beefs uh, on, on on there like we see some of these guys getting involved in. But um, all right, here we go, uh, Coach Big. I want to ask you a question. Uh, you know, being at, at Harding, and I I think Harding is is unique in a lot of ways. And one of those ways is that it really is, even though it's a school in in Central Arkansas, there are literally guys from all over the United States um, at that school and on that team. I mean, I know when I was there, I played with you know some of my closest friends who were from. You know, Alabama, Mississippi, California, Ohio, Florida, you know, all over and all walks of life, you know, all different types of backgrounds. And I know that's true for every university, but, you know, most of the time, especially in a division two school, those guys are usually from that, that region, but Harding's a little unique in that, in that area. Um, so how do you go about building meaningful relationships with those guys 
who, who do have such a wide array of background? Yeah, um, you know, there, there's a lot of different backgrounds there, but um, those guys are all there for, for one purpose. Um, and, 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 and at least, at least at the very, at the very least similar purposes. And that's, you know, for us to honor the Lord, um, we're recruiting young men that, that want to increase their relationship with Christ, uh, but also, you know, they, they want to win football games. And so, um, you know, the way that, the way that I've chosen to do it last several years and, and the way that has, um, the, the ways that have really benefited, I feel like is number one's authenticity, um, you know, not being a certain type of coach, but being who, who, who I am. Um, and, you know, I think the kids, um, they really, what I've noticed early with the coaches that I respect, uh, you know, they were all different types of coaches. One, one's more of a hoorah coach. One's more of a, you know, analytical guy, but all the players, uh, they gravitated towards both those guys. And one of the reasons I felt like they did was because both of them knew who they were and they were authentic. And they and they and they were the same person every day. They were consistent, and so I learned that early on. Um, but I also learned honesty. Um, you know, uh, players want uh, players want to please, um, if, especially the right kind of kids. They really want to please, and they want to please someone, um, and and live up to the expectations of a coach that that's that's honest with them, that's telling them the truth and and telling them what they need to work on, and and also. Um, uh, honest and uh, honestly on the other side of that spectrum, you know, loving on them and, and tell them they're doing a great job and stuff like that. So uh, honesty was huge for me. And then the last one, um, man, uh, coach, coach Noel, he, he kind of struck a nerve nerve with me. I mean, I mean, just when he, I know it was kind of awkward, but when he kind of brought up some of that stuff, I mean, vulnerability is huge now, uh, in my opinion, I don't think you need to, you, know, you need to always be crying in front of your players or anything like that. But uh, man, for the players to know, that we are broken men. I really think that that is that is crucial. I really think that's key um, to for them to know that we're broken men, but that we're broken men that are striving to do better. Um, you know, I, I I firmly believe when it's a six six dogfight, when it's double you know double overtime, when it's national semifinals or or state semifinals, what's going to show up is the relationships. What's going to show up is the culture. And, and I think coaches that are a lot more vulnerable with their players, players that feel like they really know that man, they don't know Coach Wynn, they also know Sean Wynn. You know, they don't know Coach Noel, they know Aaron Noel. Um, I, I, I believe that, you know, the, the coaches that do that the best get the most out of their players. Um, and, and it took me a while to learn that. You know, I, obviously I came in kind of robotic, tried to look perfect. And uh, for the right reasons, I wanted my guys to, feel like I was fighting for them. I wanted my guys to feel like I was uh, doing everything I can to prepare them. But in reality, uh, when I realized the more I show who I am, my struggles as a husband, uh, my struggles as a father, um, that I didn't grow up with a father, when, when they know that stuff and, and they can sit in my office and they can pour their hearts out, man, what they are able to give uh, this football team on the field, uh, I mean, the payoff is, is unbelievable. But, but it's, it's also, um, you know, it also stretches so much further when those men, those young men who are 18, 19, 20 years old, who are broken themselves like I was, can actually picture themselves as fathers. You know, um, I got very vulnerable with my players this semester, and I, I kind of told them my life story. 
Um, and it, you know, I broke down the meeting, you know, cause I, I shared some really personal stuff. And, um, one of my players had my meeting and, and, and he told me coach for the longest time, I thought this was you, what, you know, way up here, away from me. And I was way down here. Yeah, and I, when you got vulnerable, I saw myself in you. And when I have players share stuff with me that I've never, I've been coaching for two and a half years. I, I never heard any of it. And uh, it kind of broke my heart that it took me so long to realize that. Um, but also um, relationship with my players now um, and, and the confidence I have that those guys now, because they see themselves closer to me, um, some of those guys that didn't grow up with a father, some of those guys that didn't grow up in a, in a, in a married type household, they now see themselves there. Um, and, and so, man, I, you know, I, I, I feel like those three areas for me have been the best um, with, in terms of relationships, being authentic, being honest, uh, and really at the top of that list is, is you know, being real and being vulnerable with my guys. Wow. Really well said, said coach. And, and uh, I've, talked with a lot of coaches on this podcast about that same thing about how that that really is um, something that you have to do today especially in today's uh, climate with, with with the way you know just the way that things are with kids and everything um, because the world is not uh, the the messages the world is presenting to our kids that's not subtle in any way that's so we can't afford to be that way you know we got to come out and be be honest and be authentic if we want to compete with the conflicting messages that they're hearing on a day in and day out basis, if we kind of beat around the bush and him haul and then, then the message that we're coming, that's coming out from, from us is, is going to be mixed and it's going to be weak. And the message they're hearing from their, from their teammates or from, you know, from kids outside of the program or for an, from an uncle is going to be much stronger. And that's what they're going to gravitate, gravitate towards. So I think you're exactly right, coach. And that's a difficult thing to do. It's, it's hard being authentic and, and being vulnerable, but we had a similar experience. Uh, with our team this 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 spring with a lot of guys sharing some stuff and 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 uh, it was really really powerful uh coach hickman uh again from just seeing from having firsthand experience coaching with you i know you're one of the the best guys that i've seen as far as being able to build relationships with kids what would you say about that how, about how to go about doing that man i'm gonna tell you that's gonna be hard to follow up coach big man he smashed that question he he hammered that that he hit it right on the head and to be honest with you uh, that's hard to follow up. My, my biggest thing is you got to be intentional with building relationships. You got to be intentional. And those kids got to know that you're trying to get to know them. Uh, you're, you know, their name and it isn't just their last name. And I try my best. I'm going to use the kid's last name at times. And I may give them a nickname as, as coach Taylor knows. We, I, I give them nickname, but I want those guys to know, like, we're going to use your first name. And I want to, I want to know your name. You're that important to me. And I'm going to know your name, not just number 27. And if I'm mad at you, I may call you that. Or I may say, I don't even know who you are. But I think that being intentional with building relationships, trying to get to know them, small talk, uh, you know, when you're in the weight room or, 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 you know, just some type of affirmation. Everybody, all of us want affirmation. It doesn't matter how tough we are, how good of coaches we are, or how bad it is, we want affirmation. Those kids want it, especially when they're looking up to you. And I promise you, a fist bump or a pat on the back goes a long way when, as Coach Big said, you're genuine about it. You're not a false praise guy. You know, when, when, you, when you get after those kids and they do something right and you give them a fist bump or you tell them, man, good job, dude, uh, they, they, they like that. And then they just start wanting to, to continue to, to, to please you. And, and, and so 
uh, being genuine, being vulnerable. And, and I tell our kids all the time, everybody has a story. Everybody sitting there has a story. And, and we, we're nobody in this room is perfect. I'm going to tell you right now, nobody in this room is perfect. We all have things that we're embarrassed of, things that we would die if somebody knew. And so I think when you, when you can open up to your kids like that uh, and, 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 and let them know that you're, you're, you're a normal human being, you are just like them. We were sitting right there in those shoes, and, and, and some days you're better than me. You know, I have struggles every day that I fight. And I think when the kids see that, that they understand, like, you know, this is a real genuine dude trying to, trying to help me and try to help me be the best person I can be. And I also think it helps when you, when you make mistakes because we get onto the kids for making mistakes. If I make a bad call or, you know, we just, the game plan didn't work or, or something at halftime, we can just tell them, guys, that was terrible. That's on me. I, this is what I thought. And this is what happened. And when you're vulnerable like that and you don't think you're perfect, you can just sit there and say, you know, I, I'm going to get onto you and I want you to, to hold me to the same standard. You know, I messed up and, and it cost us seven points right there. Uh, you know, and, and it's just, it's just being intentional, being genuine with those guys, small talk, one-on-one -on -one coaching. At times, you know, hey, come here. Let me show you some things. You know, I was talking to you or coaching loud at you about this. Let me show you some things to kind of help that situation or help you be better technically wise. But just being intentional every day. And I promise you, learn the, the, the best player's name and the worst player's name. They're all the same. I promise you when those kids see you treating those guys that are, that are sitting on the end of the bench just the same as you do those other ones, it means something. And some of those guys at the end of the bench need you much more than them other guys. And ultimately, that's what we're here for. And when you build relationships with all those guys up and down the bench and you get them fighting for you, like Coach Big said, on those six and six games, when we got to have a stop, those dudes are fighting for each other and they know we're all in the boat and we're, and we're there with them. And it's just, a, it's just an amazing thing. But it's intentional and it takes time. Coach Big, it, it, it takes two years to get some of those guys. To, to, to open up for you. And I, I've coached them and not heard anything until their senior year. It just takes time for them to trust you and be able to open up. And, 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 and the same for you. Can, can you open up for them? And it, it's just hard. And it just takes time. But being intentional and, and being genuine with kids and, and letting them know that, that, that you're there for them can help. And, and affirmation. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Coach. And, and um I, I, I think that's a, that's a great way. You know, you said you got to be intentional and, and that is true. It's, you can't, you can't, you can't be on autopilot uh, around the kids. They, like you said, we, we've already talked about it. They can pick up on that. They know when you're not in it. And, um, and it's really difficult sometimes because some days you're just not feeling it. And that's when hopefully you can have those guys around you, those fellow coaches kind of pick you up. Uh, anyone else on that, on that question before we move on about just building relationships with kids? One thing I do and I think it builds, it, it's, it's a piece of the puzzle that helps me build a relationship. And it's a common ground that everybody loves, and it's food. And whether it's having those kids over to your house and sitting around the table and eating, or I know I've, I'm, I'm blessed with a great wife who every Saturday would cook my D Lyman some type of breakfast while we're watching film. And it, it's one of those things where, and, and we go out to eat maybe. Uh, uh, in the middle of the week and we go eat a pizza buffet, but it allows those kids to relax when we're not on the football field and it lets them open up a little bit more and, 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 and allows you to talk to these kids about something other than football. And, and once you establish that and, you know, if you're giving a kid a ride home and you run through Sonic for them, cause you know, there's probably nothing at home. It's just little things like that. But I felt like food, it sounds funny, but food is a common denominator. And that's something that I've done throughout my whole career and, and, and feeding these kids and letting them 
open up and kind of kind of relax a little bit and, and understand Coach Cobra's got another side. He's not always harping on us or, or anything like that. Amen on the food. I think that's a great point, Coach. And, um, you know, that's that's a great way. I also think, too, and when you when they when they come into your house or they're around your family, they get to see you like be Coach Cobra, the husband, you know, or Coach Hickman, the, the dad. Um, you know, uh, they, they get to see me with my kids or interact with my wife or, you know, how I kind of operate things at home. And they kind of see like, oh, Coach didn't just live at the field house. Like, he doesn't just – crawl in his desk at night and sleep and then come out the next day and coaching shorts and a t-shirt on and start yelling at me again. Like when he's up here with me at practice, this is what he's missing out on, you know? And I think that that really does help them, you know, see that, 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 um, you know, another side of it. I think that's important. What you got coach win. I just kind of piggyback on you, man. That just, I opened up myself as a family and my kids to my kids, just so they can see, I show them pictures of my kids in the summertime. They're at the field house, and man, it's just, and a lot of times, man, when we're in there lifting weights, our conversation not even about football. It's about, hey, man, how's your mom doing? Because I, I take pride in just, when I'm learning my kids and when I get to know my kids, I don't know about your family. Who do you live with? Is your dad around, your mom? Who do you stay with, your grandparents? And not only by me knowing that information, but when I actually ask them about how's grandma doing, that lets them know that I've taken an interest to know, okay, you know, I don't live with my parents. He knows I live with my grandma. So coach is really taking an interest in me, man. And I think that right there goes a long way. Like, like talk about food. Like I like the barbecue. So every Monday I say, Hey guys, come look what I threw down on. I saw it. it, it it's just got to the point where they're like, Hey coach, what you do this weekend? Let me see what you got. Let me, let me see what you barbecue this weekend. And just little stuff like that, man, just, it be a relationship with them kids that, that last forever. I, I remember I used to take two kids home every Saturday after team. And they are grown men right now. And every time we meet up, that's all they talk about, man. Coach, those were the best times of our life. We we laugh, talk, shoot the shoot the crap or whatever on that the whole way home. And that was just something that, you know, they're grown men now and they still talk about those times right there. So I mean, like Coach Big say, just open up and be involved with them kids. They know, hey, I'm I'm a human being too. You know, I like to have fun. I, I messed up. I done some dumb stuff in my life, but hey, we're in this thing together. We're, we're humans the same way. Another thing, I tell them when I get on to them, and when they make a good play, they they coach. Why y'all always yelling at me? I say, well, don't I yell at you when you make a good play? <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to be this mean guy. I'm gonna be just as excited when you make a good play as when you make a bad play. So it, I, I'm not being. I want to have that relationship with them where it's, you know, I care about you. I'm not just yelling at you, just be yelling at you. When you make a good play, I'm a yell. When you make a bad play, I'm a yell. But hey, it's because I've got your best interest in mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's move on. We're going to, we're going to, um, you know, we could camp out on any, any of these questions for, uh, you know, the next several hours, but we're going to move on and uh, to some more lighthearted stuff and, and kind of open this thing up and have some fun. And so here's what I'm, here's what I'm asking you first. Okay. Uh, I want you to think back on on your days as a coach, and I'm gonna I'm gonna dredge up some maybe some perhaps some painful memories here for you with this first question, and I want to hear about the best player you've ever coached against. Coach, now we're gonna start with you. Best player you've ever coached against? Tyler Murray. Oh and three. <laughs> <laughs> now, hey, that's. 
I don't know if anybody's going to fault you for that. And I don't know if anybody can top that. But, yeah, Kyler Murray, tell us a little bit about Kyler Murray, what it's like to game plan. So, ver- first time I got a piece of him when he was splitting time with, with Oliver Pierce when I was at Cedar Hill. And he just – I mean, he was skinny as a freaking rail. And if he got out of the pocket, it was straight out of bounds. You know, they don't get broken, man. This dude's going to be special. Let's don't break him. All right? So, then <clears throat> I go to Martin. Or, excuse me, I play him again at, at Cedar Hill. Uh, their place, and you know he had a couple of Superman moments, but nothing like my first year at Martin, which was his senior year. We're playing him in North Texas in round three, and we we get up twenty nine to seven. Like I mean, it's looking good for the good guys, you know what I mean? And there's a play on third and ten. There's they're sitting in trips, and this dude looks our safety off, and the the ball never comes up above the top of his number on his jersey i mean it he is this ball is never coming out of his hand like it's there's no intention of coming back they're just running dudes out clearing grass and he looks our safety and looks over at number three and tucks that ball and is 70 yards doinking his head off the goalpost before you can freaking blink and i was like oh <laughs> we're in trouble boys this dude's fixing to get hot and we end up losing 69 to 55. Oh, uh, but I mean, it was like, I don't know how you beat Superman. Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we're sitting there game planning going, okay, Hey, when in doubt blitz him out or Hey, we don't want to, we want to keep this dude in the pocket. Let's don't spook him. Let's, let's, you know, be real smart about our interior pass rush and just try to contain it. Like, yeah. I mean, we were talking about it all going, uh, no, uh, sure. No. Yeah. I don't know. What do you, th- yeah, I mean, it's like, okay. It, you know, he was, he was special. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just for me, I'm speechless. Yeah. Well, there's plenty of college coaches who would have, uh, have the same things to say about defending him and even guys in the NFL now with him, uh, really taking off there. All right, coach, uh, coach big best player you've ever coached against. Yeah, um, before I before I answer that, uh, Boomer Sooner, um, you know, what did you expect? So, oh. uh, anyways, uh, I'd probably say uh, University of Indianapolis um, in 2017. We started off that year 0 and 3. That was my first year student assistant uh, here at Harding, and um, you know, we we won seven straight and we squeaked, and I mean squeaked uh, by the skin of our teeth in the playoffs, and we play uh, University of Indianapolis. They're undefeated. They have all these D1 transfers, and you know, they had this running back. His name was uh, Al, Al McKellar, and, I mean, he was trotting on us all night long now. I mean, we, we were blessed to have some pretty good corners, and so we, we stayed man coverage, zero the whole night, and we were freaking loading down the box. And he would – I mean, he, would, he was so slippery. Uh, he was so smooth, uh, a very much a fluid runner. Um, I mean, we would we would we would blitz our safeties off the edge and, and and try to squeeze those edges, and he would just he would make he would make the the diciest move going full speed, squeak through and get 12, 15, 20. I mean, it was just it was it was a nightmare, um, and and we couldn't. There really no you know there's not too many options when you're bringing. I mean, when you got eight guys loading the box, so um, we we ended up squeaking through that game. We won, um, but I think that guy he still. Um, you know, he was a freshman that year, uh, actually, and 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 he's still in Division Two, and 
um, at University of Indianapolis, and they've been undefeated every year. They ended up losing in the playoffs every year, the first round. Um, but I'm almost certain the last thing I heard about him is he's he's supposed to be getting drafted. Um, he's been I saw a YouTube video, um, you know, a 10 minute collage of you know YouTube video of him that someone made, and it had like 12,000 views. And um, you know, at the D2 level, that is a lot of views. That's that might as well be millions. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, Al, Al McKellar, uh, 2017, first round of playoffs. I hope he hears this podcast. He deserves that shout out. He, he gave us all kind of trouble. So Al McKellar, keep an eye out on him as a, as a, maybe a sleeper back for you, you, you fantasy football guys. Uh, you heard it here first when he blows up coach big is blowing <laughs> him up. Any of you other guys real quick. I mean, you know, uh, coach Cobra coached, uh, RG three. And so I know you, and you've been, you know, coached some great guys, been, in, been around a lot of great football coach Hickman. I know it has, and we, we've coached against some of those guys. Obviously, you know, Coach Wynn, uh, you know, being over there at North Shore. What, y'all just holler out a, a guy's name real quick that, that, that you played against that was really special or coached against. Uh, 2007, I believe, Jaquiz Rogers proceeded to put 240 yards on us. We lost that game 20 to 14. That next year, I didn't feel so bad because he put the same numbers up against USC. So we weren't the only ones not stopping that cat. So. <laughs> But yeah, that he, he that dude was phenomenal. He would, you know, he's not very big, lower to the ground, and was hard to bring down. On my end of it, I'd say Russell Shepard at Side Ridge. Uh, when I was at Side Woods, we, we, I mean, he was just an unbelievable football player. Just, just to watch him, uh, he, that's the best dude I've ever coached against. I think he was the, the the number one player in the nation that year back in two thousand and eight. I think I can't remember, but he was a dude, and and we could do everything right, and it didn't matter. We actually saw him in the playoffs that that next year, and uh, you're you're not kidding, man. I mean, it, it, that dude was something special. Jeremy Moses, Baytown League quarterback. I think he uh, ended up playing the Stephen F. Austin. And he won like the Heisman of the one AA <laughs> football, and uh, I mean, he was out the whole football season, and he came back and he's limping out on the field. We're like, there's no way this guy's. And I mean, he tore us up. We ended up winning in overtime. I think it was like uh, 28-21. And we squeaked out in a win. But I mean, that, that was, I mean, and he was taking some shots that game too. I mean, we were, oh man, we were seeing off on him. You know, that's one of the toughest kids. And he earned my respect after that game. And he actually came in the Raven because he was coaching at, uh, at uh, SFA. <laughs> and I ran up and tackled him. And I said, hey, it's the first time I stopped you in my life. He's pretty easy. He, he, he was, he was legit. He was the real deal. <laughs> All right. Next question here in coach Wynn. I'm going to, I'm going to let you answer this one first. What's your favorite stadium to coach in? That's not your own favorite stadium to coach in. Uh, I don't want to state the obvious man, but I mean, just, in the state championship game, man, we, we played at Reliant and we won it. We beat Austin Lake and Reliant. But the Cowboy Stadium, man, that, that that blew my mind right there, man. Just from Yeah, Coach, that's, what I, that's why I asked you this question because I know that's what you're going to say. And I want you to be able to – I want to be able to flex a little bit. So yeah. yeah, I mean, it was just from going in the stadium, man, and, and going through the tunnel and getting out and going through the freaking uh, locker rooms and – Coming out on the field, and you got the big gigantic jumbo screen, man. To me, that that you know that experience just followed me. It'll follow me for the rest of my life, man. I just it, that was an unbelievable experience. Like I said, we we're in Houston, 
we played at Reliant. It's nice, but if we have to travel every year to play, if we're you know fortunate enough to make it back and gotta go to Dallas, I wouldn't have no problems. But I'm gonna tell everybody, and I ain't told a lot of people. It's one of the coolest things that happened in the state championship game. We just got like a fourth down stop, and we're running off the field. Everybody's excited. And I look behind the bench, and it's freaking Emmett Smith standing there, just leaned up against the wall. And I'm trying my best to keep my composure. I'm like, this freaking Emmett Smith. Yeah, right yeah. But, yeah. you know, I, I kept it together. But, you know, but no, nah, man, that just being able to play at Cowboy Stadium, man, it, it, it can't get any better than that. Yeah, man. That, that, yeah. That was, man. I mean, I know you've been there. And that it's, it's, yeah, it is. It is unbelievable. Um, and and uh, just really surreal. Um, getting in there and, and it's all the lights and, and uh, uh, being in that locker room and, and walking through the tunnel up, you know, up into the, in, onto the field uh, is, is really, really special uh, to be able to do that also. Uh, all right, Coach Hickman, talk, talk about favorite stadiums. I think there are some really underrated stadiums over there in the San Antonio area. So uh, give us a shout out your favorite stadium to play in that's, that's not your own. The Alamo Dome. When we get a chance to play at the Alamo Dome, it's been, it's been an awesome experience every time, and it's a lot of fun to, to play in there. Alamo Stadium, the Rock Pile, holds you know, the, one of the largest high school stadiums in, in, in the state, holds a lot of people, and, and, and that's a fun place to play. They redid it you know, about five years ago, and it's nice. And so those are some good ones around here, and I always enjoy playing at the Berry Center in Houston, you know, at Cy Farrell Federal Credit Union Stadium. That's a great place, and I know it was my home. Stadium when I was coaching the software, but it's not there anymore. And I always enjoyed playing there. I don't know why. It was just an awesome atmosphere. We played Katie there in 2011, and it was just an awesome atmosphere on both sides, just rocking, and it was awesome. And so th those are my stadiums that I really enjoyed coaching in. Yeah, I think uh, you said, you know, Alamo Dome is, is, is that's the one that everybody again in that area likes to play in. It is awesome. And I, I think one that is that you mentioned is it's underrated is the Alamo Alamo stadium. Uh, it is really cool the way they've redone it. It's, 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 you know, um, like they said, they call it the rock pile. It's kind of down in a bowl. Um, and, and that's a really, really cool stadium uh, to, to play in as well. All right. Next question for you guys. And this one is for, um, this is for coach Cobra and coach now, and you other guys can chime in too, but, you know, you mentioned this, uh, Coach Cobra, about, you know, other duties assigned, and, and one of those is coaching sub-varsity football, whether it's uh, – whether it's it could be middle school, depending on where you are, uh, could be freshman or JV. So I want to hear your best sub-varsity coaching story. Um, this was early on in the career, and this was when I, when I was at a junior high. And I don't know if we were up by 50 or down by 50, but we were getting our subs, subs in and trying to get everybody on the field. And, and our, our uh, backup nose guard was also a center. And so he's excited to play defense. He runs in and gets right in front of that ball and the offense breaks the huddle. Well, our nose guard puts his hand on the ball. And I kid you not, the quarterback went through his cadence and our defensive lineman snapped the ball. <laughs> and I don't know if the referees were just like, what just happened? <laughs> But that literally happened, and they finally blew the whistle, and their center just threw his hands up. Like, I didn't have the ball, you know? And when, it, when, the, when our defensive lineman kind of figured it out, he handed the ball to the center and said, sorry, here's the ball, you know? Which, 
that's oh, just what that, that that typical middle school yes. you know kid yes. that just i'm in this is what i do <laughs> you know yeah. i wasn't there for that one with you but i was there with you if you know what i'm saying like yeah yeah seen that kind of that kind of thing play out especially when you're talking middle school football i've i'd never coached middle school football until i got here to pg and now um you know since we're a smaller school uh, I don't actually go with them on game days, but being out at practice, I mean, it's, you see everything uh, as far as just kids, you know, not having their stuff on right or not knowing the rules, the basic rules that you take for granted, uh, you know, everybody knows. Okay, coach, now uh, give us a, uh, give us your best sub varsity coaching story. All right. So uh, this is why I was at Martin and um, we, we had a few onside kicks. Okay. And, well, one of them, you know, we go out and everybody's in between the hashes, whistle blows. Boom, everybody goes to the sideline. Kickers just shuffled in there randomly, right? And it's called train. Everyone's going to go in motion. Everyone's going to take a path by the ball. And the, kick, the kicker's in there somewhere, and he's going to hit it. And we're going to get the ball. And my guys are about to start the train motion, and the coach on the other sideline is yelling, hey, Everybody, get out! You got to get over here. They're gonna kick it over here. You got to get over here. You got to get over here. And so I'm like, I'm telling, I'm telling my guy, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This dude shifts his whole return team to one side of the ball, opposite of where my guys are lined up. Hey, doink, go doink, little toe poke, eleven yards, first down. Good guys. <laughs> we go down and score. We do it again. Exact same thing. Dude shifted on us twice. I'm like. Brother, you are leaving. <laughs> You're giving us 27 and a half yards to field the ball wow. uncontested. What the heck are you doing? But uh, that was that was. He wouldn't fun. get hired then by Coach Now. If he came into Coach Now's office, he's not getting. Uh, he's not getting hired then. Is what you're saying? No, he's probably one of those guys that says I a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 He's he's he plays. You know, he plays Madden on 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 a Hall of Fame level or whatever it is, and so he's got his yeah. playbook probably. Uh-huh. I'll trade any of those other I guys if they want to trade for like Duncanville and Soto, you know, next year at the district. We'll swap those guys out. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Uh any any other great sub varsity stories from you guys that, that you can squeeze in here really quick? I did have a kid pull some candy out from his knee pad at halftime and start eating it. I mean, he just had it tucked on under there and he pulled it out and said, Coach, I needed my snack. I said, all right. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Hey, so here's one. And I'll, this was from, I don't want to give too much away. This is from our Kerrville days, Jeremy. And I actually wasn't at this game, but I got back because I was with the JV this game. And this happened with them. And there's a couple of stories, but I'm going to, I'm probably going to not tell the one you think I'm going to tell, Jeremy. But um, so we had a kid. So the way homecoming works was we had a homecoming like parade on Thursday night, you know, before the homecoming game. And, you know, they had the homecoming court and all that stuff. Well, I obviously never went to one because we're always on the road coaching a sub-varsity game. Well, the freshmen were at home because varsity was going to be at home. Well, this freshman kid, this freshman football player, got picked as, like, the freshman homecoming representative. Okay? All right, cool. Well, he actually asked – he was a backup lineman. He actually asked the coaches if he could miss our game to go be in the homecoming parade. And coach said, of course not. Like, we have a football game. That's why they're having the parade is because of, you know, anyway. Well, so this kid comes up to the coach in the middle of the game. The game is going on, and he tells the coach that he has to go to a doctor's appointment right then. 
and the coach is like, again, calling. He's like, what? You have a doctor's appointment? No, no, you don't. Like, you don't have a doctor's appointment. The kid leaves, goes to the parade, comes back, back to the sideline <laughs> before the game is over and tries to play it cool like nothing ever happened. And, of course, we, we found out. And, and, um, and, obviously, that kid never lived that down to the time he graduated. And the last one, this actually didn't happen during football, but this was with freshmen. And again, this was from Kerrville. This was – we had our, our basketball players just got back to, to offseason from, from, from playing basketball. And so, you know, it takes them a little while to get acclimated. Well, we had had a had – had, we had squatted the week before, and so now it was coming back around. It was time to squat again that next week. And everybody's sore, of course, because they haven't been lifting. Well, I get a note from this kid, right? We've all gotten these notes, especially from the little guys, you know, please excuse Billy from physical activity for the next two months, and it's signed by his mom or something like that. Um, well, this one was not signed by his mom. This was a note that said, uh, please excuse, and I'll just say his name is Johnny. His name's not Johnny. Please excuse Johnny from squatting. He has a cello concert tonight signed by the uh, orchestra teacher. Now, that's a true story. And I looked at this note, and I said, dude, I'm, I haven't been coaching that long. I think maybe like seven or eight years at that point. I was like, but I'm pretty sure that you're probably the first kid in the history of football that's brought a note to get out of lifting weights because of the cello. And, and uh, I said, don't you even, you sit on the ground and don't you sit down and play the cello? Like, I don't know. But, but anyway, yeah. So we had a kid trying to get out of squats uh, because of his cello concert that night. So there's, there are my uh, sub varsity coaching stories. We could sit around and tell a lot of, a lot of those types of stories, but, but we'll move on. Uh, all right. So here we go. Here's one, and I'll open this up for anyone, these last two, last two questions. Best prank you've seen in the coach's office? Coaches are notorious for pulling pranks on each other, maybe on kids. Uh, best prank that you've seen pulled off in the coach's office? I'll start off here, and it really wasn't the coach's office. On the coach's office, it was that time that you put up that fake camera in our, in, above your desk. And uh, the kids kept coming in, looking at it. And the next thing you know, we had the maintenance department in there looking at that camera, trying to figure out where it went to. They had the ceiling tiles taken off. And they were trying to figure out where this camera is going to and what, who put this camera here. And so that was, the, that was probably the, 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 the most funniest thing I can remember when it came down to the coach office prank was you putting up that fake camera above your desk. The maintenance, the electrician, yeah. <laughs> the district were trying to tear up that thing, trying to figure out whose camera is this? And we just all sat there and watched them yeah. as that went on. It was, it was a good, it was a funny laugh. And that camera's still sitting there. Today. <laughs> yeah. We, we found this camera and it was like one of those that, that they put up and, and we had had some, I think some problems with people getting stuff stolen. So I was like, I, I just put this camera up in the tiles, like didn't hook it up to anything. I just sit up in the ceiling tiles and kind of configured it where it's sort of pointing at my desk. I was like, well, that'll keep my stuff from getting stolen. Cause they'll think there's a camera there. And it didn't lead to anything. And so our, our, yeah, the guy who cleaned our, our, uh, our, our uh, coach's office made him a little nervous. So yeah, I, I forgot about that. All right. What other, what, what other coaching pranks we got that, that you guys can tell without getting yourself in trouble. So we had a coach uh, that got quarantined for contact tracing, right? Well, another guy on staff thought it'd be really funny to clean out his desk. And I mean, cleans it out. Like it looks like there's nobody there anymore some of the stuff was in boxes put in the offensive meeting room some of it ended up in the ceiling tiles somehow 
And uh, so he he comes back, and, and we're in powerlifting, and we do powerlifting in the morning. And, and this coach is always there; he's always there pretty early, one of the first guys in the office. And uh, I see him pull up, and I'm trying to hurry in and out of the office and get over to the weight room because I know what the situation is with his desk. You know, <clears throat> he ends up beating me in there, and he's he's standing in front of his desk, and uh, he's he kind of looks down, he goes, "Man, I think I'm missing a pair of shoes." His entire desk is cleaned out nothing on it and he's like i think i'm missing a pair of shoes and i was like huh like what what are you talking about and then he all of a sudden he kind of dawns on me he looks and he's like what's going on here i said man i have no idea i'm going to fire lift and i, I mean i never break stride <laughs> but i can't look the dude in the eye because i'm exactly losing. you know i'm hightailing it over to the mag to go hey guess what <laughs> so, so, so he just saw this you know what i mean he has no idea what's going on and we let it go for probably about maybe day day and a half of what are you talking about? Your stuff's missing. Like, I mean, what, what's missing? <laughs> you know, yeah, it was, yeah. it was literally everything, but we're like, what are you talking about? What's missing from your desk? Yeah, that's awesome. And it's, you know, it's, it's always better at those guys. They, they don't take it. I mean, if they, if they get kind of agitated and stuff, but you know, but then it, they kind of take the fun out of it. If they, if they get their feelings hurt, like the coach's office is no place for, for thin skin. And, and uh, you know, so, uh, Cause you're going to get, you're going to get ragged on. We've all had our fair share of that and, and handed it out. Uh, uh, I'm sure. So yeah, that's one of the, uh, one of the best parts of being in a coach's office is you get together, you get to know each other so much and you're around each other so much. And you, you know, you're, you're watching film sometimes till your eyes are falling out of your head and you got to do some stuff sometimes to, to uh, break the monotony a little bit. Uh, all right. Well, here we're going to close this one up with a serious question because everyone clammed up on the prank question. So no one's wanting to, uh, I guess, to incriminate themselves. All right. So here, here we go. I want to hear from uh, your, your best podcast. And this doesn't have to be like, don't suck up and give me the Sunday school answer. Like, don't, you don't have to tell me KYPD. We know, I know that that's your favorite podcast. So go ahead and just take that one off the list. I know this is your favorite podcast. But it can be like crime, like maybe you're a crime junkie and you listen to pod, you know, that kind of podcast, whatever you're into. So your favorite podcast that you would recommend, it can be about coaching leadership or anything or favorite books that you want to recommend. Coach Big, what you got? Well, uh, books, I'm probably torn between two. Um, one I'm finishing right now, uh, Lone Survivor. Um, I don't know if you, if you guys hadn't read that. You talk about feeling this big right here now. I mean, that is... That's, that's some powerful stuff. I'm about done with that one. But the one, uh, there's a book I read before every season uh, that I have to mention. It kind of gets me in the mode of, 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 you know, going to war. And, you know, it's called The Art of War. Um, it's Sun Tzu, traditional art of war. I try to read that before every season. You know, just those parables. Uh, favorite podcast, I know it's probably weird, um, but my favorite podcast actually is The Ben Shapiro Show. Um, I listen to that faithfully, actually. Uh, mowing the lawn. If I'm on a recruiting trip, I got a six-hour drive, and I've missed a few episodes, I'll catch up with all those. Um, that's actually – oh, he just – I know it's political stuff, and politics are crazy right now, but just how honest and raw he is. And, um, you know, I, it's probably probably my favorite show in terms of podcasts. Okay, all right. I, I've, I've read – I can't say I've read all of The Art of War – uh, but enough to know what it's about and uh, Lone Survivor and also uh, a listener of Ben Shapiro as well. Coach Cobra, what you got, books or uh, or podcasts or both? What you got? Um, man, I'm a big podcast and, and, and 
my my library on my phone is just really really diverse from business wars legal wars a couple of different podcasts i listen to crime junkie which you mentioned um there's one with a with a coach he used to coach i think he's now in administration but called parker resources um, he's out of georgia and every one of his episodes deals with different issues about being an ad or being a head coach or developing culture in your program and um, I've been listening to that the last few days and, and a lot of good information in there. And even though it is from a different state, you can definitely tie it into what you're doing here in Texas. So, um, but yeah, it, it's pretty diverse when, when it comes to that. I've got some sports ones on there called Sore Losers, just a, just different types of stuff though. Um, book, books wise, I think I mentioned this in the first podcast that, that I've read and I, and I reread and I do a book study with, with the team. It's Chop Wood, Carry Water. Um, that author has several books that I've read that, and all have a great story and great um, parables that you could actually share and tie into whatever you're going through uh, during the season or with an individual player. So that, that's it for on those, man, but pretty diverse. Yeah, I, I, I'm, a, I, I'm actually listening to Business Wars right now. Uh, the current one is KFC versus Chick-fil-A. Which, hey, Coach Cobra, see, we got a kinder, because see, I can't really share that with other people because guys think I'm dorky listening to that stuff. But that's what I listened to on the way back from our track meet last week was Business Wars, KFC versus Chick-fil-A. Like, they probably think I'm listening to music or, <laughs> like, like, no, I'm listening to how, you know, Colonel Sanders became Colonel Sanders. Yeah. All right, cool, cool. All right, Coach Chickman, books or podcasts? One of my top books that I really enjoyed was something you kind of turned me on to, which was uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Was an awesome book, and and and, and, I, and I love David Goggins and, and the mindset and the toughness that he preaches. I'm fin- I'm reading right now Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willing. That's been an awesome read, and it's eye opening and it's kind of uh, makes you feel small in some of the things. So those are some ones that I, that I really liked. Above the Line by Urban Meyer was also another one that I, I referred to a lot. It's an awesome book. Uh, podcasts. The Mindset Mentor by, by Brian D- uh, Rob Dial is awesome. We listen to it. And then the Focus 3 podcast uh, with Tim Knight and Urban Meyer. Those are the ones that I listen to the most when it comes to a podcast other than KYPD. Yeah, we and we actually had uh, Tim uh, kite on uh, back this summer, and that was really, really cool to be able to talk with him. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's a great podcast as well. Uh, all right, Coach Wynn. Not a big podcast guy, but uh, two books I like is uh, Tony Dungy, The Uncommon Man. That's a real good one. I've read that one a couple times. And uh, Coach Cole, kind of like you all, I like that Chop Wood Care Water. I hadn't finished that one, but man, that's just the first few chapters that I've read. That's that's an extremely good book. And like I said, you can go back and kind of lean on some of those some of those chapters in that book to help you through some football season. So yeah, that's definitely like one of my top books. That, that Chop Wood Care yeah coach Wynn, i i uh, you're right I, I i've i've gone through it a couple times and it's kind of one of those you can go back you know through it again because you always pick up something from it and it's what i love about it is it's really really simple like it's a simple elementary almost type story but man the lessons in it are really profound and and uh that's one of the things coach cobra and i talked about in our episode way back when we started this thing was, was the, the principles learned from that book. So that's a great book. And he's got some other ones as well. Uh, Joshua Medcalf does. Okay, coach. Now, uh, what you got as far as books or podcasts? Uh, some of the podcasts I listen to, uh, my boy, Roddy Harper, I'll go with, uh, uh run the power. 
Uh, one of my former players that started one this year with one of his teammates at Trinity called Somewhat Student Athletes, and uh, they do a pretty good, pretty good job. I'll listen to Joe Rogan. I'll listen to a little Ben Shapiro. Um, I, I've read uh, Jocko's book, and he always makes me feel, you know, like a worthless slime because I'm, you know, I'm not 4:30 freaking pounding kettlebells. Like, what's wrong with me? You know what I mean? Art of War is another good one. Um, and there's another, it's a smaller, real simpler book by Bear Bryant. It's called I Ain't Never Been Nothing But a Winner. And it's just a lot of crazy, a lot of little zinger, one-liner little things. And uh, I like to just kind of flip through that and just hit a page every once in a while and just kind of carry that phrase with me through the day. Well, guys, great stuff. And I want you guys can all, all go ahead and, and unmute yourself so you can respond here. And, um, and, and I just want to tell you guys, uh, you know, one of the people have asked me, you know, to get, um, to get, I guess, maybe a little retrospective here for just a second. People have asked, you know, why, like, why do you do this podcast? Like what's in it for you? And to me, like, this is the greatest benefit of it is being able to call you guys up and get you guys on here and, and talk about it and, and, you know, gain so much wisdom from just sitting around and talking with you guys. And it's, it's really awesome. And it makes me think that, uh, need to structure some more episodes like this where we just got coaches on talking and and talking through some stuff because um, I can honestly say I've gotten more from 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 this episode than than a lot of them where we even just talk about football you know, as, as great as that is but uh, really appreciate you guys and uh, for, for making this thing possible and and for supporting me throughout the uh, throughout the process and and want to wish you guys the best of luck and and just again want to thank you so much for all that you do for for our, our coaching profession and for kids and, and for supporting me as well. Shoot, Tyler, we're, we're proud of you. I mean, a hundred episodes, a big deal. I mean, that is a big deal that you, and you kind of just pulled this out of nowhere. I remember when you said you were going to start this process of doing this and uh, to, to imagine it was going to be a hundred episodes. I don't know if you would have been able to imagine it got that big, but it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. You've done a great job. It, it puts out tremendous tremendous knowledge each week i mean you've had some amazing dudes on there and i learned a ton of stuff from you but congratulations to you because that's a, a heck of a feat and you took on a heck of a task and, you, and you're still making it happen no doubt thank you very much the, the, i put some young coaches onto it go you want to learn go go listen to the dudes that he puts on and, and then go follow and, and see what they're about yeah retweet everything you know both these coaches just said i mean um and Ty, the, this is almost a servant-like business you're running because the, yeah. the amount of resources that we can pull from, um, you know, when I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sticking with the status quo when it comes to D-line play, to turn, turn this on easily, listen to a couple of D-line coaches and give a few things I think we can add, man. We, we are so appreciative of you. You're doing, a, you're doing an awesome job, man. I, I hope this continues for a very long time. Yeah, my, my daughter, she's six. Uh, th thank you very much, Coach Biggs. We were talking tonight. We were eating dinner. and. I told him, you know, I always tell him, like, I can't, like, I can't watch Wildcrats tonight with my, you know, because I got a podcast or whatever. I can't, you know, sorry. And they knew it was 100th episode. And, and my daughter goes, Daddy, how long are you going to do this? I was like, I don't know. And she goes, till you retire? I was like, well, dang, I hope I'm not still, you know, plugging out podcasts when I retire. But because I don't plan on retiring anytime soon. But, uh, you know, for a while, and it is anytime I do kind of get like, man, this is getting to be too much or, or whatever. Um, you know, it still seems like someone reaches out or, uh, and, 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 you know, encourages me. And, and so I, again, 
you know, really appreciate your, you guys support. Wow. That was a ton of fun talking with those guys. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our conversation today. And I want to thank coach Bigelow, coach now coach Hickman, coach Wynn, and coach Cobra once again for joining me for this special episode and for being the types of men and coaches that they are. I think after hearing those guys, it's obvious why they've enjoyed the success that they have. And, and they're all guys that I would have loved to have played for and, and, and would be proud to, to have those guys coach my son. So I appreciate the, the, the wisdom and insight those guys shared with us today. You can and should follow all of our guests today on Twitter and let them know you heard them here on KYPD. You can also send them an email if you have some questions for these guys. All their contact info can be found in the show notes of today's episode. Now, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we'll be celebrating our 100th episode all week with chances for you to win some free KYPD gear. So make sure you're following us on Twitter at KYPD Podcast. The first way you can win a free KYPD t-shirt is by leaving us a five-star rating and a review. Get those reviews in and we'll enter you into a drawing to win a free t-shirt. Secondly, tweet at us what your favorite KYPD episode is of all time and you'll be entered for a chance to win a free t-shirt as well. Also, as I mentioned, all KYPD merchandise is 20% off this week. Enter the promo code KYPD100 to get 20% off your order. So check out our merchandise store and pick you up a t-shirt and be the envy of the coach's office and remind everyone around you to keep their pads down. All right, our quote of the day comes from the book, The Art of War, since we had a couple of coaches mention that book. And it goes like this. If you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of 100 battles. And with that, we'll drop the curtain on episode 100. But don't get it twisted. This is not the end. We'll get back to work this week and have episode 101 lined up for you on Monday. And I'll tell you this, it's going to be another great episode where I sit down with a Division I offensive coordinator to talk offensive line play from a defensive line coach's perspective, of course. So if you're just now finding our podcast here, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and join us right back here next week. Until then, you guys have a great week. Be a difference maker wherever you are this week. Oh, yeah, and guys, what else they got to do? Keep your pads down. down. <laughs>